Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You know what you can't fake? You can't fake fruit. Right? And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's what we look for. What do we look for? We're looking at someone's life and saying, that person walking the fullness of the Spirit? Love and patience and gentleness and so those, those are things you can't fake for very long. A real work of the Spirit. And you take somebody that's really baptized in the Holy Spirit and really filled with the Spirit and you just watch their life. And they're going to be someone that's operating in self-control. There's gentleness. There's patience. There's love. There's all, all the fruits are going to be there. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with you about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When we're born, we're all sinners. We all have an innate desire and ability to sin against God. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit enables us to overcome sin. And not only does the Holy Spirit allow us to squelch the simple things in our lives, it also helps us to train up the things of God in our lives. These good things are the fruits of our lives with Christ. What's the fruit in your life with Christ? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 11 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Right, God's Spirit comes upon us to equip us, to enable us to minister, to serve, to do what we can't do naturally, but it's going to be a supernatural effect upon our lives. As you come into the New Testament, God has spent three years teaching the disciples. He has spent three years teaching them the word, taking them to do ministry, going on ventures with them, sending them out two by two to cast out demons and conquer areas. I mean, God has spent good time with them, ministering to them. And at the end of the time, as Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, come back and he's given direction. He says, y'all aren't ready yet. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait for what, Lord? Wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 1.8. And he says that when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, then you will be. You're not going to work at it. You're not going to study how to do it. You're not going to try really hard to become it. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will be witnesses of me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the end of the gospel. When my spirit comes upon you, you're going to have what you need to be a witness of me everywhere you go. Jerusalem, home, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. He said, but wait for it. Don't go anywhere until you get it. You're ill-equipped to go out until you get it. So they weren't able to go. God said, don't go out without it. And so for anybody here serving that's never said, Lord, would you pour out your spirit upon me? You're ill-equipped. Maybe that's why you're overwhelmed. Maybe that's why it's too much. Maybe that's why there's no sweetness. It's not a flow of the spirit. Maybe that's why it's frustrating and it's eh, so much of your energy. And God wants to take it off of you. So let me put my spirit upon you. It'll be just it'll, it'll be me working through you. We're going to we're going to cooperate together. I'm going to lead you. You're going to move in obedience and I'm going to move at times and do things through you that you can never do in your own strength. And you just be careful to give me the glory and I'm going to use your life for my glory. I'll be moving through you. And so God puts his spirit upon us. But the cool thing in the early church, when the spirit fell, it wasn't on just one or two. There was a whole group of them gathered together. I believe 120 in the upper room. They were there. They were waiting on the Lord. They were praying. And on all the believers there, God's spirit fell upon them. And at that point, 
the outward manifestation was. They began to speak in other tongues. There was a there was tongues like cloven fire above their heads, and they spake with other tongues. It was a supernatural phenomenon. The people that were standing by heard them worshiping God in their own language, and they were Galileans. So they were like, "How you worshiping God in my language?" But the things that they were saying, which tongues is to God and not to men, they were speaking the glories of God. They were worshiping Him, and it opened the door for Peter to preach that first sermon. 3,000 people get saved. Boom! Church is born. And it's on the way. God's beginning to do a great work. And so as I look way back here, this is not a new thing. God says, Moses, you're going to need my spirit upon you. But he said, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to multiply the work. I'm going to take 70 other people and I'm going to take the same spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it upon them. And there are going to be 70 other spirit-filled people that are going to be able to assist you in the work. And so when I look at the work of the church, I realize that we need people. As many as we can get people that are filled with the spirit. One thing that I believe the enemy does is to come and confuse or frustrate those things that are most important, that are most needful. And so what happens in the church at large In the church at large today, we say, what's the evidence that you're the you have the fullness of the spirit? And what's the evidence that everybody looks for? Tongues, the one thing you could fake, right? It's the one you could fake. And that's what people are looking for. The one that you could fraudulently put forth. But as I look in scripture and I'm looking at those that are filled with the spirit, those that are baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm seeing whole lives that are impacted. These lives are given over to the things of God. This is not some carnal person that can go and cuss you out in the parking lot and smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. This is somebody whose life is these lives are sold out for the things of God. Everybody, I've been at the places. I've seen the people. I've been at the churches where I'm like, wow, look at that. And you go outside and it's. In words and cuss you out, and I'm like, whoa, where did the Holy Spirit go? He's, is he only in the building? Does he not with you in the lot? Does he, does he not follow you home? He ain't on Facebook with you. You know, like, what happens between the building and the rest of your life? It's fake, fraudulent. You know what you can't fake? Can't fake fruit, right? And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's what we look for. What do we look for? We're looking at someone's life and saying, that person walk in the fullness of the Spirit, Love and patience and gentleness and so those those are things you can't fake for very long. A real work of the spirit. And you take somebody that's really baptized in the Holy Spirit and really filled with the Spirit, and you just watch their life. And they're gonna be someone that's operating in self-control. There's gentleness, there's patience, there's love, there's all all the fruits are gonna be there. That'll be evidence. I'll take that person all day over the the, the manifestation over here of a tongue or an outward thing. I'll take, I'll take this person over here that, that is walking in the fullness of the Spirit in these other ways. And so that's what we want to look for in our own lives, that God's Spirit would, would be, God, are you, am I filled with your Spirit, right? Can I, is it evidence? Would, my, would, my, would the people that live in my household say, I'm filled with the Spirit or not? <laughs> you got a big leak. You leak in the morning, you leak before coffee, you leak, you know, what would the people that are close to you say? That, that, we, we should care about that. And this is the awesome thing with the Lord. If you found that you, 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 you had a leak, Lord, would you meet me? Would you fill me anew and afresh? I need, I need you. I need, to, I need you to pour out upon me. I'm not enough. I need you. And so we want to walk in that, though. And, and this, is the, this is the last thing on that because we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit next week. The relationship that you're going to have with the Holy Spirit is one where it's, he's there. 
It's never a question of his, 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 is he there? He lives in you if you're saved. It's do you yield to the work of the spirit? It's your yieldedness or not. You can yield to the spirit, quench the spirit, grieve the spirit, resist the spirit, obey the spirit, be led by the spirit. You, you can all those things. You get to choose how you respond every time he engages you, interacts with you. And so we want to become people that get good at being led by the spirit, yielding to the spirit, obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit that we might walk in his fullness. Amen. And so moving on. So he's going to get 70 people that the same spirit that's on him is going to be put upon those people. Verse 18. Then you shall say to the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow and you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. This sounds good, but it's bad. Anybody ever heard the expression? I don't know for you guys when you were coming up. If when I was coming up, if I was crying and it was perceived that I was crying for nothing, what would, what would, what would most parents say? I'm going to give you something to cry about. So, you know, my mom might tell me no. I might get told no, I can't have something. And I get a little lip quiver like I'm, a, like I'm about to cry. You, know, you cry about that, I'm going to give you something to cry about. That meant you cry about that, I'm going to whip you and give you going to have a real reason to cry after I whip you. So they've been crying out to God who's fed them supernaturally manna from heaven. And God says, you know what? I'm going to give. Now, this is we're going to see next week in fullness. But God, I'm going to give you all. You want me? I'm going to give you meat. Don't forget. I don't want you to miss this because right here it looks like God's going to be nice and answer their prayer and give him meat. But I don't want you to forget what we read in verse 10 that it says the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. God is getting ready to punish them. Notice this. Punish them by giving them what they wanted. I'm going to punish you by giving you what you want and a whole bunch of it. You've all heard before. Be careful what you ask for. And I believe that in this case, that's true. God said, I'm going to give you what you want. You, you want meat? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you meat. And we're going to see God's going to give them meat until it's coming out of their nostrils, until they're it's loathsome, until they're sick of it. And that's not a bad thing either. Because some of y'all, when you weren't walking with the Lord, you, you, you did whatever you used to do till you were sick of it. And, and that's what God had to do. I remember when I was in high school and I first started drinking. And I, it got, you know, we, were, we weren't drinking. I never drank for a taste. We drunk to get drunk. And we went out every weekend and we drunk to get drunk. And I went out with my friends one weekend and we just had, we did too much. And I was mixing this and mixing that and drinking this and drinking that. But I had drank a whole bunch of beer. And it was my buddy, it was, we had a Mardi Gras and me and my friend had went out all day. I don't even know how we got home. Someone brought me to my house and I woke up in my room with my buddy and we had both thrown up all over my bed. It was, it was bad. And it was, I mean, it was, it was disgusting. I'm sorry if I grossed you out. I'm so sorry. But we, we both, it was my throw up, his throw up. It was all oh, my room stunk. It was like, man. And I remember we went to the forum. His mom worked at the forum and we would go to the forum to watch Monday night boxing at the forum. And we would go, his mom worked there, we would go get hot dogs and beers. And I went back there where they were pouring the beer and I couldn't even take, I couldn't even stand the smell. I mean, I had had so much that weekend and had thrown it up to where I got to where I, I couldn't even take the smell. I, I didn't drink a beer for a while. Um, but foolish as I was, I did eventually get over it and get right back to it. But there was a period of time where I couldn't even take it. It smelled so bad. And so God says, you know what? You want meat? I'm going to give you meat until you can't stand it no more. 
Sometimes the things that we, we're, we're pressing God for stuff and you won't hear no when you just, not fear, I'm like, I can't have it. They have it. I want it. God, there's something like God will say, you know what? Go ahead and have it. Go ahead and have it. Go ahead and have it until you're sick of it and then come back and we'll start over. But you really don't want that program. So you don't, you don't want to be pressing God for something that he's telling you. I don't have that for you. And so, again, God says, I'm going to give them meat to eat. And uh, verse 18, you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. That's what God didn't like. They talk about how good it was in Egypt and it wasn't good. Therefore, the, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. Verse 19, you shall eat not one day nor two days nor five days, nor 10 days, nor 20 days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord who was among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever come up out of Egypt? So now I, want you to, I don't want to be gross, but it's in the Bible. Guys, you're going to eat it until it comes out of your nose. So I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you ate something and you got sick and, and it was just it was coming out of everything, every orifice. Guys, you're going to eat the meat until it's just coming out of your nostrils, not just your mouth. I mean, he could have gave some other orifices, but it's going to be coming out of your nose. You're going to be sick of the meat when I get done. You're going to have all the meat you want. I'm going to make it. It's going to, it's going to rain meat for y'all. You're going to have it till you're done eating meat. So what is the lesson for us in this? Now, I want to point this out. So. I, I, again, Moses cried out to the Lord. The Lord answered Moses in two ways. Moses said, God, I can't do it. These people are just too much for me. It's too much of a burden. I can't do it by myself. He said that in his prayer or in his cry out to the Lord. God's good. I'm going to give you 70 people baptized in the Holy Spirit to help you. He also said, these people are asking me for meat and I can't make a meat. And where am I going to get meat to give them? And I can't do it. And he said all that to the Lord, just like that. And the Lord said, okay, it's fine. I'm going to give them meat. Let, go tell the people. I'm going to give them meat. They're going to have meat. They have not one day. It sounds like an infomercial. Not just one day, not two days, not 10 days, not 20. For 30, a whole month, you're going to have meat. And then he says, until you're sick of it. Now, you'd think that they would hear this and be like, I'm not eating that meat. It's going to be coming out of nostrils and stuff like that. But no, we're going to see next week, these people are fools. And they go, they're like, yeah, they go into collecting the meat and they, everything God says come to pass. What, what can we get from this? One, again, Though, though the Lord didn't, though I don't believe Moses' attitude was correct, he did take these issues to the Lord and God's answering. God says, Moses, I'm going to fix two things for you. When I get done with these people, they're not going to be soon coming and begging you for meat again. So I'm going to take that burden off of you. And you are a little bit overwhelmed. You got too many people that for you to manage and you to handle. And so I'm going to give you 70 other people with my spirit upon them that are going to have a grace for ministry to help serve with you. So I'm going to give you some spirit filled help and I'm going to make sure this people is not crying at the door for me for a long time. They're going to be coming out their mouth and their nostrils. They're not going to be able to say nothing, but no more, no mas. They're going to quit at this point. So in essence, God says, I'm going to fix these two issues for you. They won't be crying for me and you're going to have some extra help. And how did Moses get the Lord to do this? He took his burdens to the Lord. The people cried out to Moses, wore him out, weighed him down, burdened down. Moses took his, now he, in frustration, in brokenness, but he took it to the Lord and the Lord intervenes and the Lord helps and the Lord is going to minister to him in, in this way. And so I want to give us a few things. 
I want to give you some verses. Um, there's a few different things that I want. I just want to give us a verse, but I want to put them up there so that if you don't want to turn to them, you can write them down and keep them in your notes. Um, just want to point out a few different things in terms of how we're supposed to deal with burdens and how we're not supposed to deal with them. The first one is in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 36. And in the time of Jeremiah, the people were telling God, they were walking around saying the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. And God didn't like it, that they were blaming their burdens on him. And so in Jeremiah 23, verse 36, it says this, um, 35 and 36. Thus, every one of you shall say to his neighbor and everyone to his brother, what has the Lord answered and what has the Lord spoken? Verse 36. And the oracle of the Lord you shall mention no more. For every man's word will be his oracle. For you have perverted the words of the living God, the Lord of hosts, our God. And this thing of oracle, they were walking around saying in the old King James, said, the burden of the Lord, God has burdened us. God has weighed us down. God has done this to us. And he says, don't go around saying that. Don't go around blaming that on me. If you're writing those, also write down 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I mentioned it earlier, but there Paul says, look, no temptation has overtaken us except that which is common. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so for anybody that feels like God's given me too much, God's never gives you too much. He'll give you more than maybe you can handle, but God will not give you more than you can handle with his help. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, you want to look to the Lord to help you. In Galatians chapter six, verse two, it, we're told to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so sometimes we're to help each other bear burdens. You may find that there's a brother or sister's way down and God says, bear their burden with them. Join them. Maybe you join them in prayer. Maybe you come alongside them to encourage them. But as a body of believers, we, we bear one another's burdens. Moses was given a group that was going to help bear the burden with him, a spirit-filled group of people. So we want to be open to that. When I see somebody else that's heavily burdened down, I don't want to look at them and be like, too bad. That's too bad for you. You got to go to the Lord with that. Sometimes God's going to say, would you come alongside that brother? Bear that burden with him. Help, help, help them walk that out together. That we're called, the, it says that's fulfilling the, 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 the law of Christ. We're, we're walking in divine love when we do that. And so we be mindful of that, that sometimes we're going to be part of the solution. And then um, the last thing, just three verses under, the, under giving your burdens to the Lord. And Psalm, uh, Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And so it's a command with a promise. The command, cast your burden on the Lord, the promise, and he shall sustain you. And so don't carry it yourself, cast it off on him. And God says, I will, he will sustain you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, we're told to cast our cares upon him, for he cares for you. And it's just a reminder there, again, a command that you would cast your cares on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. And we need to remember that. When you're feeling like, man, I'm, I'm weighed down, I'm burdened down, this is too much for me. Remember that you can take it to the Lord. He cares for you. He cares. He's not, you know, he didn't tell Moses to kick rocks. He cared. And he intervened. And he helped Moses as he brought it to the Lord. Last one is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And here Jesus speaking 
and giving us some instruction. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's because of that verse that I believe that when I'm feeling like it's too much, that sometimes I got to go back and look. Because God says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because I'm walking with you. I'm empowering you to do the thing. And sometimes we maybe have too much. But I want you to note what he tells us to do. He says, come to me. Are you, all you that labor and are heavy, come to me. He says, I want to give you rest for your souls. He, God cares about us. And he wants to take those things off. But he doesn't want us to be overwhelmed walking around here, pulling out our hair and everything else. God wants us to be people that are at peace. And this is the cool thing with the Lord. You could be doing a whole lot with his help and not be overwhelmed and not be burdened. It's not that, you know, no, so that I'm not overwhelmed. I'm going to very, do very little so I can just stay at this very, you could be doing very little and be overwhelmed just because you're not in the right space spiritually. But there are people that are doing a whole lot for the Lord with a lot of grace and a lot of peace and they're not overwhelmed because God is leading them, God's empowering them, God's going before them, and God's using them. And so it doesn't limit how much we can do, it limits how we do what we do. Not in our own power, not in our own strength, but it's going to be through him and with his help. And so in closing, uh, again, I, I said it probably five times now, but uh, I, I, I'm not recommending that you be getting smart with the Lord, but I am recommending that we take from Moses' example and that we cry out to him and we be, we be honest in prayer. Sometimes now we, we want to reverence the Lord, but you want to be honest in your prayer. I was speaking to a friend of mine uh, last week and they lost a child and they lost a child in a really, a really painful kind of way. Um, and, you know, just and the baby was born and everything else and they lost it within days of it being born. And it was painful for them. They had lost kids earlier, twins in the womb, and then they had lost another one. And I'm talking to him and I'm saying, well, you know, how did you guys walk through that? And he said there were some moments, you know, he said there were some times it was hard. And there were times where in our pain and our anguish that we just had to cry out. And I just told God, I'm I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I don't don't know if I can trust you. I don't. They just poured out their heart and then let the Lord come back and minister to them. Let the Lord bring it back to them. And and again, I, I always tell people, don't get mad at God. Don't do this. But as I'm listening to their what they're going through, they're saying we just were honest with the Lord and we let the Lord meet us. But he met him. He was faithful to meet him. He carried him through their their most difficult season in life. And they're still going with the Lord. He carried them through it. But but they had he said he said that him and his wife, they had moments. Where they just had to, they, they had to just cry out. They're out of, out, of their, out of their hurt, out of anguish, out of pain. They just had to cry out to the Lord and he met them. And so whatever you're burdened with, whatever's overwhelming you, a couple things. For some of you, it may be that you recognize that, you know what, I, I, I got some things that aren't even God's will for me. And I'm going to just cut those things out. You know, if there are things you need to cut out that you might not be overwhelmed anymore, that you cut these things out that are not from the Lord. But there may also be that you're not leaning on the Lord for his strength, that you're doing it all in your own strength. And so you're wore out. And so God wants you to cling to him and ask him to fill you with his spirit and renew you in his strength, that you might do all the things you're doing with his help and not in your own might, that you're not burnt out. And also, maybe you do need, maybe like Moses, maybe you need help. Maybe there's people that God needs to bring around you to support you and to help you. You cry out to the Lord and let him do it.
I have been there at times where I've cried out to the Lord. I felt like I need help. And I cried out to the Lord. And I look up months later and there's all this help that God sent. God sent help, qualified help. He sent some ready-made help. I can look back at different times in the ministry and just think the Lord just said, I, got, I take care of that. I got you. And he just answered prayers and sent help, sent this, sent that at different times. So I encourage us that we wouldn't that we wouldn't be people walking around overwhelmed or burdened. Um, that we be people that are casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today, but Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word. <laughs>